and welcome to Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. I'm your aptly named host of your favorite hebdomadal podcast. Oh, I'm glad you're with me. I'd suffer the effects of ophorosis if I had to raise my eyebrows to the idea that you missed this week's show. Many ways to test your digital fundraising. As our 22 NTC coverage continues, Jeremy Hazelwood walks you through lots of variables you can test throughout your digital fundraising, including your homepage, donation pages, Facebook ads, and more. He's from Fundraisers Unite. On Tony's Take Two, doubling down on Please Share Redux. We're sponsored by Turn2 Communications, PR and content for nonprofits. Your story is their mission. Turn-2.co. And by Fourth Dimension Technologies, IT Infra in a Box, the affordable tech solution for nonprofits. Tony.ma slash 4D. Just like 3D, but they go one dimension deeper. Here is many ways to test your digital fundraising. Hello and welcome to Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio Coverage of 22 NTC, the 2022 Nonprofit Technology Conference hosted by N10. Those very smart folks who help you use technology as you are doing your mission, as you are doing your social change work every day, they're helping you leverage technology. My guest now is Jeremy Hazelwood. He is digital fundraiser, author, trainer, and marketer at Fundraisers Unite. Jeremy, welcome to Nonprofit Radio. Hey, Tony, thank you for having me here. I'm so excited to be here and talk digital fundraising. Absolutely. That's what we're here to do. I'm glad you're excited. Yeah. Thank you. All right. I'm, I'm glad to see you get excited about digital fundraising. Man, it's my passion. So it's like I wake up and I'm, I'm excited every day because <laughs> I get to help companies raise money and do more good in the world. So it took All a right. while to figure out what it is that, that gets me up, but that's, that's definitely it. This is it. All right. And your session is aptly named 30 yeah. Ways to Test Your Digital Fundraising. Yes. Um, you, you would like to see nonprofits develop a, a testing plan, a testing regimen. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's something that's very underutilized. Uh, just in my experience working with nonprofits, especially from a digital side, um, my background is like I've worked for agencies that uh, marketing and fundraising agencies that serve nonprofits, heavy and direct mail. And my role with them was to really bring digital and make it um, just a better channel for their clients to raise funds. And I noticed they do a lot in testing when it comes to direct mail. Uh, but when it came to digital, it was kind of bland and one message. And I'm like, there's still so much that we can learn from digital. And we can learn it so much more quickly than we can with direct mail. Okay. Um, is there a way that you've uh, organized these these 30 ways? I don't know if we'll be able to tick through all 30. Yeah. Uh, depending uh, on how much you have to say about them. But we might. You know, we'll see. But are are yeah. they organized by like channel, um, Facebook, yeah. Google, et cetera? Yeah, it's actually funny. Like the original concept for this session um, that I pitched to NTC was like a hundred ways to test. And it was going to be a <laughs> 60 minute session. Right. <laughs> actually, no, no, that's not. I have a I have a hundred ways to test uh, within Fundraisers Unite. But for NTC, I was going to do like 60 ways to test 60 and 60 minutes. And then 
they're like, well, we only have the 30 minute sessions available. I'm like, let's do 30 in 30 minutes. Okay. You, you'll, um, fit, you'll fit the available time. They give <laughs> yeah. you a 45 minute session. You got 45, 45. Minutes. There you go. All See right. the math works itself out. Right. Um, All right. But yeah, All right. but for the sake of like organizing to your point, um, I did, I, I focused on some specific areas. So I looked really at email, um, social media, um, search engine marketing, and let's see, uh, donation pay and social media, really your Facebook ads, not like all social, but so email, Facebook ads, search engine marketing, your donation page and your homepage. So these were the five areas that I focused on for the session for NTC. Okay. Let's start with the homepage and the donation pages. Yes. Odds are everybody's got one of those, both of yep. those. And I do see some pretty weak donation pages. Yeah. Uh, lacking technology, lacking visual appeal. Um, mm-hmm. so, but let's, let's start with, let's start with the homepage and you know, we, we go beyond those two, but let's make sure we cover the homepage and then the donation pages. So what's your advice okay. around the homepage? Yeah. Um, so with the homepage, I mean, naturally it's like you want your donation page. There's so many boxes that the homepage has to check. When people come to your website, they need to know who you are, uh, why you do what you do, who you do it for, um, and a way for people to connect with you. And some of the things that I talked about, it, well, and what people don't realize too, is like there's things that you should test on your homepage. Um, and there's tools that you can use to test also. I didn't get into the tools within the session, but you can use like um, Optimizely or uh, OmniConvert. These are uh, tools and actually Google Optimize, you can use these are tools that I we don't have time to go into those, but what they essentially do is help you kind of A B test different elements on your homepage, for example. All right. Name just um, name those resources, those three one more time. I like to share yeah, yeah. resources with uh, sure, sure. With uh Optimizely, uh Omniconvert, and uh Google Optimize. And Google Optimize is free, uh, but there's certain limitations. But uh basically these are like conversion rate optimization tools uh for your website or even for your donation page. And to summarize what what these tools do is uh let's say your one time that your homepage loads, you'll get image A as your homepage banner. And the next time your web page loads, it'll be image B of the homepage banner. So it's kind of randomized, if you will, just to simplify it. So when people see your website, they'll get a version A and a version B of your website. So you can test different things on your website, like an image or a call to action or a headline or something like that. Um, that's generally what that does. Um, that's again, I didn't get into any of that because it does get yeah. to be a little more technical. Uh, and really what my point of my session was and really the point today is like, Here's what you can test. And then we can also get into why it's important to test, which a lot of it's kind of common sense knowledge, but that's not always common practice though. Um, but when it comes to your homepage, uh, one of the things that, that I always recommend is like testing like your hero image, which is like that first image that's at the top of your homepage. Um, some nonprofits might have a video running up there instead of an image, um, but testing that using like, especially if you're doing a campaign, um, if you're running a campaign like right now, uh, I don't know when people will hear this, but let's say it's a springtime campaign. Uh, your email is springtime campaign oriented. Your let's say you're running Facebook ads at springtime campaign oriented. Um, so like, let's have like your hero image on your page be that same campaign as opposed to like, here's what we do or here's how you can volunteer. Like make that image coincide with the rest of your campaign elements. Make it timely. 
Right. Make it timely. Make it integrate with your campaigns. Test Mm -hmm. that with a campaign versus not testing it if you don't have the tools. And watch how your donations will increase because that message is right there in the front for people to see. Um, So, you know, that that's one thing that you can test is your hero image using a campaign image as opposed to like a general branded image or some other kind of call to action image. Okay. Um, so I'll pause there, see if you have questions or if you wanted me to kind of roll into the next one. Yeah, no, go to the, go to the next uh, homepage idea. Okay. Yeah. Next one would be like your donation button text. Um, pretty much every nonprofit. I, I haven't seen one and I don't know how long that does not include that donate button up in the upper, usually right-hand corner. Uh, and most of them will say donate. And, and I think that's fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with donate, but what if instead of donate, it said give now or uh, make a difference or feed a family, you know, whatever that call to action may be, uh, fund a research study. Um, so we're very accustomed to just saying donate now because it's very direct, but it's also very transactional. Um, but again, I'm not saying that it's it's not going to work for your organization, right. but Testing. if we don't test, we don't know. Right. right. Um, and I think there's certain kind of boilerplate templates that as nonprofit, as an industry, we go with because we know that in general, this is what's supposed to work. And I don't think I, I remember you have, you, I remember yeah. years ago, Act Blue did well with Chip In. Yeah. Yeah. In, in their, mean, something in their like that. No, but I'm right. sure they te- I mean, they they have lots and lots of records that they're mailing to. So I'm sure yeah. they test it and, and chip in. You saw the blue button and said, and for them, it was like chip in, you know? Yeah. Um, well, it, but, and even to that point, it's like chip in and that could be yes. like vernacular. That's a, that organization and their audience is like, they associate with that nonprofit, yeah. you know? So what's the vernacular and the, the language that your nonprofit would use? You know, maybe it is chip in, you know, maybe it's feed a family, you know, whatever that is, but test that out. Um, if you don't have, if you have zero data, you're a new nonprofit or you've never tested before, then you probably have data on what Donate Now is doing for you. Like, let's switch it for a month and try to keep everything constant. If we, if we have too many factors going, we're not going to know what works, you know? Right. So right. you always want to change one thing at one time. Um, and if all things are the same and we only change the text on that donate button, then it's a pretty safe bet that the donate button was the reason that, you know, the, that we got. And you can also test it with, um, I'm trying to think of some of the other tools. Um, well, even the tools that I mentioned, they, they can test conversion rates and things like that. But because uh, I know one piece is like we talk about testing, but then there's like, how do you measure the testing? Um, and one is if you're, you're not using any tools, it's just kind of a, how do we do last month versus how we do, did this month? Um, did we change anything else? No, then we can probably attribute it to this. And that's kind of the roundabout like we can probably attribute it to this um if smaller medium-sized nonprofits may not have the budget to actually put the analytics and technology behind knowing for sure uh, what the difference maker was uh, but if you're looking for some data points like that's certainly something that can help is swapping it out and keeping everything else the same it's time for a break turn to communications content creation and content management what projects do you have that they can take off your plate? Lift these weights from your shoulders. Content creation. Is there some writing project, some series that you need to do or that you've been thinking about doing, you'd like to do for internal audiences, external uh, board, donors, community, what writing projects can they take off your plate 
And then the content management and also the distribution, getting you the placements and as well as managing that content for you on your site, whether that's blog, uh, wherever you may print or digital, right? All right. So how can they help you with content creation, content management, and then also the distribution, getting the, getting your good word you as an opinion leader, thought leader in your community, getting that out. Turn to communications. Your story is their mission. Turn hyphen to dot co. Now back to many ways to test your digital fundraising. You made the point a couple of times, keeping everything else the same. Yeah, I guess if you if you change a few things or a bunch of things, yeah, and uh, your your outcomes improve. Mm-hmm. And I guess by outcomes, you know, we're keeping it simple, so we're saying donations improve. Yeah, then 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 that's terrific. But if yeah. the donations decline, then you don't know what it is that you changed that caused yeah. them to decline. So then you have to go back to where you were in the beginning, and then iteratively change one thing at a time. And figure right. out what, what what is what is what is it that's depressing your yeah. your outcomes and change that one little thing and then and then test and see if you you get higher than your baseline. Yeah. So do I have that? Do I have that methodology yeah. right? Exactly, because right. So, uh, the the test that I'm talking about and the test we'll go through. It's like these are tests that you do one at a time. I'm not like here's 50 things you can test and let's do them all at once. Yeah. Uh, Cause if you think about it, if you change that button, if you change it to say give now instead of donate now and it goes to your landing page, but you've also changed an image or headline or something on the landing page, then we don't know if you got more donations because you changed something on your landing page or if you changed something on that button that got them to the landing page. Right. So, you know, the, the need to put together kind of a testing roadmap um, would be something that you'd want to do for your organization. Like here, and it takes time because you can only test one thing at a time. So it's like, here's what we're going to test in this calendar year. And then whether it's bi-weekly, weekly, monthly, whatever it is, you know, having that plan laid out to to learn because the whole point of testing is like, we want to learn, we want to raise more money uh, for less cost of of a transaction to obtain yeah. that donation. And we want to learn how many- creative works. Yeah, go ahead. How many hits do we need? What's a what's a sample size that we can rely on uh, to draw conclusions from? Yeah, that's actually a really good question. Um, And I don't I don't have like an answer to that other than the the generic. It depends. You know, I think if you're a smaller nonprofit that doesn't get a lot of traffic to your homepage in this case, then. I mean, it could take you months to get enough traffic, you know, uh, which is kind of like the sad thing about a nonprofit that doesn't get a lot of traffic is when will you know we've we have enough data to learn something? Yeah. You know, I I think it's quicker to learn, like with like advertising where you can actually have a budget and it will kind of force impressions to your website. Um, In that case, like I usually like to have. I mean, at least a few thousand clicks. uh, So we kind of have enough data to make a decision. Okay. Uh, with the website, I mean, going by that, I mean, there's there's some small nonprofits that may not get a thousand visits to their website in half a year or a whole year. 
you know, um, in which case maybe you want to test something else first. So maybe right. when That's you're prioritizing, maybe in that case, yeah. the homepage is not the place to start your test. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. It's like where, which I think, and I didn't really think about this when I put it together, but that's actually a really good question because when you look at all the things that you can test with your nonprofit, it's like, what makes the most sense to test? Like, where do we have the most data? Where are we getting the most traction? Maybe it's a social media post. Maybe we have a good audience on social media. So let's test some of our posts there. Uh, because we know we have a bigger sample size that we can work with. Okay. All right. Well, so your host has uh, chosen to start with the homepage because it's yeah. <laughs> ubiquitous. Everybody has one. But yeah. with the caveat that it may not be the right place for you to start your testing if, yep. you, ha- if you don't have a lot of traffic to your homepage. All right. Sure. Let's stick with the homepage. You got another You got another one or two ideas to the homepage, and then we'll move on. Yeah. Um, other ideas for the homepage. Uh, one would be um, – the, like the light box. So when you come to a website and you, people, people call them light boxes, they call them pop-ups, uh, interstitial, you know, there's different names for them. <laughs> kind of the common name. Yeah. That's the right, more tech. Interstitial which, something sounds jargon. Let's, let's, yeah. Which let's I never use that. Pop-ups or yeah. light box. I've heard exactly. hundred percent, hundred percent. Cause you say that. <laughs> yeah, like the light temporary, right. tra- uh, um, transactional, you know, whatever. All right. Exactly. Okay. All right. Yeah. The bigger words aren't always better. And, <laughs> and when I talk to my, my tech and my developer friends and they're telling me what it is, I'm like, okay, how can I take what they said and translate it just to everyday common terms? And sometimes I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, but <laughs> well, we have I'm drug like, in jail on nonprofit radio. Yeah. Um, if, I so, have no, if I have no idea what you're talking about, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll stop you. So if you had introduced yep. it with, <laughs> transitional, you know, yeah, uh, whatever, but oh, see, yeah, light boxes, but you see, I didn't pop-ups. though. You, yeah. You see, I didn't, didn't introduce no, it didn't. that way. Right. Yeah. Cause you yeah. gotta know who, who the audience is. Right? right. So if this was like for a tech blog or something, I'd be like the interstitials, but no, we're talking about just nonprofit. Let's start with the base. Like, you know, um, let's just the basics here. So yeah, pop up, um, a light box testing that. And I say, test it. And, and a lot of these things I'm saying test, but, in my own way, I'm saying do this. I'm not saying test it because like light boxes are so effective, like pretty much no matter how you're using, if you're using them for email acquisition, if you're using them to promote a campaign to increase your donations. Um, what I find though is a lot of nonprofits, and I say that a lot, a lot of nonprofits, but it, it is true um, that they're like, well, I don't like pop-ups, so I don't want to use them, you know, but it's not really about what you like because your donors and your website visitors probably don't like a lot of pop-ups either, but the data doesn't lie. Like these things do work. And the reason they work is there's nothing else that you can do on, on a homepage when that pop-up comes on the screen other than click it and turn it off um, or do the action that it says. There's two choices. If someone goes straight to your website, they've got probably 20 different choices. Click on your contact us, click on an image, submit an email, click on any of your menu items. Like there's so many different choices that you can make, but that pop-up is like A or B. Do I close this and look, go to the website or do I hit the donate button or do I put my email in and submit it? And now I'm a subscriber. I so they're extremely the effective. You, 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 I, I, it, it demands attention, right? You, yeah. hundred percent. Okay. So okay. they work. They work. Yeah. So they work, but, I'm saying test it because the thing is like, I've never seen it not work. So maybe your nonprofit is different and maybe you can test it with run it with a campaign and it, you didn't raise any more money, which if that happens, like I'd love for those people to reach out to me because I want to know who those organizations are because it's like, well, I've never heard of that, but here's maybe some other things that you can try. 
It's time for a break. Fourth Dimension Technologies. Their IT solution is IT Infra in a Box. It's budget-friendly. It's holistic. It's the buffet of IT solutions because you pick what you need and you leave the rest. You needn't hire them for all the services that they can do. They've got this IT Infra in a Box for you to choose from. Like uh, overall IT assessment, whether you want to implement multi-factor authentication, which a lot of people have, are saying is a very good idea. We've had guests uh, saying exactly that. Um, there might be other security for your site, for your devices, those mobile devices that are in people's homes now. Cost analysis, help desk. Do you need help that way with tech, or with uh, like tech support? And there's more in the IT Infra in a Box. You choose what's right for your current IT status, what's right for your budget. Leave the rest behind. Fourth Dimension Technologies, Tony.ma slash 4D, just like 3D, but they go one dimension deeper. Now back to Many Ways to Test Your Digital Fundraising with Jeremy Hazelwood. There are variables within the the pop-up that you can test. Yeah, yeah. How long a delay, how long is someone on your homepage before it before it pops up? Right. Of course, what's the text that's in it? Mm-hmm. Again, what's the button that's in it? Yeah. What's what, it say? What, yeah. the button label that's in it, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. These. Yeah, what's the offer, you know? So it could be $10 equals this or $50 equals that. So yeah, there's probably a whole other 15 different tests that you can run just within that. But let's start at the basics. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Give us one more for the homepage. Yeah. One more for the homepage. And this is really simple, but um, what about a donate button at the bottom of your page? Um, And the reason that I say that is when people scroll uh, past your donate button, if if your menu isn't like what they call a sticky menu, meaning when you scroll that top menu stays there and the donate button is always there or your menu is always there. um, If you don't have that, uh, then you're scrolling and that donate has come off of, of the homepage uh, off the top. So as you scroll down, you're reading about who we are, what we do, why we do it. Um, it's just kind of a natural, here's the next step, you know, donate. Um, so it's just right in the user flow. The user doesn't have to scroll back up and find the donate or click the donate. Um, or even if they didn't, like if they kind of psychologically or mentally blocked out that donate button when they came to your page, as they're scrolling through, it's in the natural progression of how they're reading your page. And that donate button is right there at the bottom. So um, test that out. See if it's something that you're able to get more donations throughout the month. Um, I don't, this is not something where you're going to earn like a ridiculous amount of conversions or donations from. But even if you had like five more donations a month because you put a button at the bottom of your page, like wouldn't that be worth the the 10 minutes it takes to put the button on your site. And I think it would be. Let's go to the donation page. Okay, cool. So donation and let's see, I'm looking at my, my list over here. Okay. So donation page. Uh, one of the things that's important to um, a, a number of donors is, is my donation secure? And I don't think it's as much of a concern now as it was maybe even five years ago, but there's still people that are leery to uh, do transactions online um, or with a nonprofit. It's like, well, I don't know if this nonprofit's going to take care of my data. And hopefully your nonprofit is like your donation page should, should be the HTTPS, meaning that it's a secure 
page mm-hmm. anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but just putting uh, some kind of verbiage or a uh, visual indication that it is a safe transaction on your website. So it could be something as simple as saying uh, your transaction is secured, like SSL security or putting like an image of a lock saying your transaction is secured. So doing that versus uh, not having any language in there at all about a secure transaction uh, can make a difference in someone going ahead and clicking that submit button on the donate because they could get as far as to, to putting all their information in, but they're still kind of on the fence. Like, you know, if they're nervous about giving online or giving because they don't see any language that says their donation yeah. is secured. Cause I've even experienced this in my house, like myself personally, there's some websites I'm not as familiar with. And if I don't see that language, then I may not actually include, I may not actually purchase whatever it is I'm purchasing. And I'm, I'm not even talking about nonprofits. I'm talking about more like online retail. Um, so it gives the donor confidence in what they're doing. So that's something that you can test having that language on there uh, versus just excluding it um, and seeing if that makes a difference in your conversion rates. Okay. And, you know, folks might say, well, but people could look at the address bar and they could see if it's HTTPS and, yeah. and, uh, lots of browsers have a lock when it is a secure mm-hmm. site. I don't know if sure. all browsers, I, I use Safari predominantly, so I don't yeah, know if all browsers too. do that, but yeah. but even if they do, you know, think of older folks who are not so savvy. They don't know to look to, for HTTPS. Right. So if exactly. they don't see, you know, what does it cost to put a sentence in with a little lock picture yeah. <laughs> that says, you know, it's, it's uh, secured, encrypted on both ends. Right. Uh, with uh, 256 bit SSL technology or something, you know, right. I mean, something yeah. legitimate. I'm not saying make it up, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't seen. say it if you're not doing it. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now this is the fraud. How to test the right. fraud component of your, yeah, exactly. your donation page. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, we that want to didn't avoid make that. my list. <laughs> you don't have to test for fraud. You don't have to test right. fraud. Just don't do that. that yeah. Just bad. don't do it. Yep. Right. But you know, but if you're, if yes, Put, put something in that's reassuring to folks. Yeah. Again, especially older folks who may not know to look at the address bar. You know, right. Uh, yeah. So, all right. All right. What else? What else for the donation pages? Um, one thing that I've seen more recently in the past, maybe two to three years, and, and I want to say that there might even be specific um, tech companies that process donations for nonprofits. And I can't tell you who they are because I'm, I'm not sure which ones do it and which ones don't. Um, but highlighting like a certain gift that might say most popular gifts. So if you have like a $25 gift and $50 or hundred, whatever that, you know, procession of gift handles is, there might be one that's highlighted. Um, and it says most popular, but what it does, and it's usually not the lowest one because I might go to a site, like I'm going to give them $25. Um, but then when I get there, it has this $50 and it's highlighted and it says most popular, and so now there's this social pressure to be like, well, if that's the most popular, like, I don't want to give less than what it is. Yeah. So I guess I'm going to give $50 instead of $25. Um, so again, it's, it's, that's kind of like a marketing trick, if you will, but it does work. Um, and, you know, whether it's the most popular or not, I mean, again, that's when you get into the ethics behind it. Like, you know, um, you don't necessarily have to say most popular. You could say, you know, more impact or the most impact or something like that. There's ways that you can word it. Uh, but the whole point is you're drawing attention to a specific gift amount um, that's probably more reasonable. It's not like your high, like $500 gift, but it's not like your $10, $25 gift either. Um, so what I found is that when you 
when you do use some kind of language and highlight one particular giving level, that it does result in higher conversions. Um, and again, this is my asterisk with everything. We're calling it a test because this is what I've seen with nonprofits that I've worked with and research that I've done. But you have to test and see if this is the case for your nonprofit as well. That's a good one. I like that. Um, mm-hmm. Average gift, most popular gift, most impactful. Yeah. All right. What mm-hmm. else you have? Yeah. And the other one I have is kind of in the same vein as this. And it's really like your donation handles and your impact. Um, so if you're like an example of if you're a nonprofit that does a few different things, like, for example, maybe like a rescue mission, like they do housing, they do food, they may do uh, adult rehab uh, kinds of programs. Um, so you can like test. And there's a lot to test in just these three different areas. You can test dollar amounts for these. So if you want to just look at housing, you can say, you know, $30 equals X nights of shelter, $60 equals X nights, 100 equals X nights. You could test these against each other and have all of the gift channels at like $50, but $50 will help do X nights of shelter, $50 will help buy X amount of meals, or $50 to send X amount of adults through rehab. And that way you learn about what your donors are more interested in. Um, so there's a ways that you can learn about that. Either way, with, with that example, you'll still get $50. But we, we test because we also want to learn more about our donors and more about what works. So if people respond better to a food offer versus a housing offer, then that might help us create a campaign, you know, in the calendar year at some point that's more around food um, and taking what we learn from this test. Um, so that's one that's thing. Interesting it's, point it's, about that, Jeremy. I, I was yeah. talking to a, a an NTC guest mm-hmm. uh, and he said they tested whether children who are sick or children who are hospitalized is, mm. is, has a greater impact. And yeah. intuitively you would think it would be the children who are hospitalized yeah. because they're the sickest of the, among yeah. the sick. Right. But yeah. turned out not to be true. They were getting more click throughs and more donations when they highlighted children who were sick versus Interesting. hospitalized. Interesting. So intuition is not always correct. That's why we test. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like you said earlier, it doesn't matter what you the CEO or you, the chief fundraiser prefer it matters yeah. what your donors and potential donors prefer. Yeah. So, you know, no. you have to ignore your intuition. You have to ignore your own preferences and do what Jeremy is saying and yeah. test. hundred <laughs> percent. It's time for Tony's take two. I'm doubling down on the redux. Who can you share nonprofit radio with? Please think about colleagues, friends, Folks who work for nonprofits, serve on boards of nonprofits, maybe they're even avid volunteers, it's a possibility. These folks will learn from nonprofit radio the same as you are. Share the, share the knowledge, share the good nonprofit radio vibe, share the pleasure. Share, <laughs> what else is there? Um, Double the enjoyment. No. Well, you could double. You could triple the enjoyment. So please think about who you can share nonprofit radio with. Connect them with me. You can connect them with one of my social posts. Uh, connect them to TonyMartinetti.com. Share this show, this episode. However you can do it, I'd be grateful. Who can you share nonprofit radio with? Thank you. That is Tony's Take Two. We've got Buku, but loads more time for many ways to test your digital fundraising.
I do like most of my work is with nonprofits, but I, I do some, I have some clients that are in commercial world and they were running a Facebook ad recently and they provided me with copy and I was looking at it and I was like, Oh, this is terrible. This is not. And, and usually if I see something that is like, I don't think is going to work. Like I'll say, Hey, what if we say this instead of that? And even with that, I'm like, what if we change this? Like, well, we want to try to run this first and just see, I'm like, all right. And I thought it was going to bomb and it actually did really good despite what I thought was going to work. Um, yeah. So that's why it's like, I'm saying these things. And in general, like you'll see in a majority of cases, what we're talking about, there will be a positive impact. Um, but these are not guaranteed. I'm not saying like, here are all the things that you should do if you want your nonprofit to succeed. What you need to do to succeed is to test and then find out what works. But the whole thing is like, let's give some ideas. Like, we just don't be stagnant. If we have the same website, the same emails, the same everything over a 12-month period, we have learned nothing about what we need to do to better serve our donors and, and I'll really better enable the services that we have. Because if we're not learning how we can better serve our donors and how we can generate more money for our nonprofit and still take care of our donors, then we're doing a disservice down the road for the people or uh, animals or whatever our environment, whatever our nonprofit is, is serving. We're doing that in other realms. We're, yeah. we're, we're making sure we have programs that are appealing to donors. Yeah. We're making sure we have events that are appealing to donors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we make sure we have fundraisers who are appealing to donors, right? Yep. If your staff is turning your donors off. That's bad. You're going to yeah. remove those people from the fundraising role. Exactly. So, you know, in your digital, in your digital marketing and fundraising as well, you, yep. you want to appeal to your donors and your potential donors. You're right. doing it in other places. Yeah. Do it here too. All right. Yeah. Let's continue with the donation page ideas. Okay. Um, other donation page ideas. And this is going to be my bad recommendation to test, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway, because I think it's probably not going to work, but I'm curious to see if it will still work. Um, and that is testing an image versus a video on your donation page. Um, and for the very savvy fundraisers that are watching or listening to this, they're probably going to discredit me all over the place and say that Jeremy doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, but several years ago, when you had a video on your, your donation page, and I think maybe it's because maybe a, a more, a newer medium, you could tell the story of, you know, why we need the gift and be this heartwarming story. And you'd actually see the gifts go up. Um, what I've seen over time now is that the images seem to be more effective than a video. And the reason that, that we're suspecting that happens is because when people hit your donation page, you're now giving them a video to watch, which may be 30 seconds, two minutes. I don't know however long it is, but you're now asking them to watch this video and command the attention and then fill out a form after that. So you're kind of asking the donors to do too many things. When it's they hit your donation page, I mean, it, it, it is a distraction. I mean, yes. They came to your donation page. Most likely they're ready to make a donation. Yes, exactly. Don't distract so, them from that purpose. Right. Because now there's another action you're giving them. Watch the but, video. Right. Watch the video. But you're saying test it. Why yeah. What? Why do you believe that? So that people don't think yeah. that this Jeremy doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Well, the reason that I'm kind of slick throwing this in here is for the people who have the video still on their page. So if that's you, like test it with an image on there instead of the video and see if your donations will go up a little bit. But I'm bringing this in here to recommend it as a test, really to draw attention to it, uh, because there are still some organizations that are testing or not testing, but that have a video on their uh, donation page. And I think if I don't address it, then I'm not really bringing attention to that, that this is an issue and 
But what, what I'd also be curious is the people do that do have, or the nonprofits that do have a video on their page, um, is that still working for them? And how will you know if it's still working if you don't test that against an image? And if they test it against an image and the video is still really generating a higher conversion rate, then, then I'm wrong and, and I'm okay with that. Um, I can only go by the data that I see and the research that I've done to say that was a best practice, but now not so much. But if you're still stuck in that best practice, it might be time to test out of that. If you have neither, are you better starting with an image and testing that and then trying a video and testing that in place of the image? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. And, and that that's actually an interesting question too. If you have neither, I would test the neither versus an image. Um, well, you've got that. So you have your baseline. Yeah. Yeah. You know what neither has been doing for you over however True. many months, yep, years. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So now so, you want to do a, a, an adequate test with enough clicks. Mm-hmm. To, yeah, let, to test an let's image. The but your image. advice, it sounds like your advice would be test an image first. Yes. Because typically images pull better than videos. Correct. Correct. Because I'm not asking you to look at an image. I'm asking you to watch a video. But the image is just there to, it should have the same look and feel and reinforce the sentiment of what that donation page is. So going back to like a rescue mission, like it's going to be an image of, probably someone receiving services, whether they're um, receiving housing or food or something like that, because it reinforces uh, what you're giving to help out or giving to eradicate. You got one more for the donation page? Um, let's see. Pick your, pick your top uh, one that we have. I know I was about. looking at, um, this is, I mean, it's in the same vein because a lot of these are like really nitpicky, but even like testing the hero image, for example, because uh, we talked about testing an image versus a video. If you're already doing an image, I wouldn't test that against video. If you're doing a video, I'd test that against the image. But if you have an image, I would test that against another image um, using this rescue mission scenario. If you test a feeding offer, so maybe it's a, a, a man that is homeless and He's receiving food. Maybe the next image that you test is maybe uh, this gentleman um, in housing. He's sitting on his bed. And so you actually see that what you're giving is subconsciously tied to providing the shelter versus providing the food like someone in a a cafeteria that's eating a meal. Uh, So testing different images. If you're testing like um, cancer research or something like that, maybe it's you're showing a cancer patient. Uh, which I believe would be more effective than showing the actual research facility. Uh, but I'm sure that there's cancer research nonprofits that are showing the facility on the donation page and not the end recipient who's the beneficiary of that research. Um, so bringing attention to that is like, let's test these images and see which one would increase the conversion rates for our, our donation page. Okay. Jeremy, I want to flesh out something that you just said sort of in passing. I want to make sure we're, we're giving people the right advice. Sure. You said if you have an image, don't test that against a video. But if you have a video, test that against an image. Yes, I would. That's what I would say. Yes. I, okay. I I say that. Um, I think also nonprofits if they got the idea to say, oh, we've never tested a, a video. Like I know he doesn't recommend it, but let's just see if it works. Then have at it. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, so yeah. You are correct. If you have an image tested against a video, uh, sorry, if you have a video tested against an image, image, yeah, let's test it against another image. Okay. Okay. 
Let's move on to email. That's that seems ubiquitous. Yep, yep. Everybody uses email most likely. Yes. I mean, so, it seems like there's I don't subject the person it comes from. Right, right. Whether it comes Are you from reading my notes? The, You're reading my notes. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm channeling. Yeah, I guess I'm channeling past guests. Um, yeah. Well, go ahead. You know, where, where do you want to start with email? Yep. Now, everything you said is great. And there's basics of these, you know, time of day, day of week. Um, mm. Taking a step back, though, taking a step back. Uh, when you test email, it's more important, in my opinion, like to test like what they call like the envelope, what's on the outside before you actually test anything within the email. Um, so people have to open it before they can see your email. So to me, the most important thing is like, what can we test before people click into that email to get them to open the email? And those will be things like time of day and day of week. You know, that that's that's a two for right there. There's a time of day, there's a day of week. So testing different times of day with the exact same email, same subject line, same pre-header, same everything. We're just testing the time of day. Now, pre-header, uh, is that the text mm-hmm. you see? Like some people call it teaser text. Is that the yes, text you yep. see in your in your inbox before you've opened the message? Correct. Yes. Okay. So you'll have like your subject line and then below that, like if you're looking on your phone or even on your desktop, yeah, you'll yeah. see a little bit of text under it. And, and that's called your preheader. Okay. Yes. Um, so, you know, I would look at testing that the basics time of day, day of week. You, you mentioned one like the sender name. So if you're sending it and it's like your organization's name is the sender, uh, which is probably how most nonprofits send it. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, what if we tested it using a person's name? Like maybe it's the um, executive director or CEO of a nonprofit. Um, the only thing that I would kind of caution with that is if you tested that one time, you'll likely see a bump because people aren't used to seeing it from that person. And if they don't know that person's name, or even if they do, they're like, Oh, who is this? And they'll click on it just because they're not sure who it's from. So I think if you only test it once, you're probably going to say, Oh, it came the, we changed the sender name. So we're going to always go with the sender name. And that, that may prove effective for the short term. You could probably send a few of them that way and it'll be effective, but kind of baselining it over time. Like, I, I don't know which one will be more effective for you. I mean, and I honestly don't, I've seen mixed results on that. Um, so that is something that you run, run multiple tests on over time, not just like a one time we've made our decision. What, um, Jeremy, what about including yeah. CEO or mm-hmm. executive director after the yeah. person's name? Yeah. Um, like putting their, not just their name, but their title on right, it. Right. Comma CEO or comma executive director. That might, yeah. you know, that, that seems worth testing to me. It yeah, might, yeah. It might open, it might get a higher open rate. Of people totally. Like, oh, yeah. CEO is writing. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And, and that would, um, like, that's almost like a second level sender name. Because just starting out sender name, um, I mean, if you're, even the nonprofit's name, if you have the in front of your nonprofit, like the Salvation Army, you know, you could test it against Salvation Army, you know, but that would be a further test that's deeper into the center name. But yeah, the actual name of the executive director could be one test versus um, the person's name, comma, CEO or executive okay. director. That, that could be interesting okay. as well. Trying to participate um, uh, in the activity here, in the conversation. Yeah, no, I'm trying to yeah. yeah. <laughs> hold up my, hold, trying to hold up my side of the conversation. All right. Oh, yeah. No, you're doing a great job. What else? I mean, <laughs> yeah. What else? Um, what else for email? Yeah. One thing that I think is um, a, a good feature to test is like if you are, if your email includes um, a video in it, 
or a blog post. I mean, you can't have a video in an email, but it's about maybe a video on your website. Um, and there's a thumbnail of the video in your email or a blog post, then I would include um, like the word video, like in all caps and then like a subcolon or not subcolon, like semicolon. semicolon. And then the, whatever the video is, colon. Yeah, I'm all over the place with my, my grammar. Yeah, colon. Right, that's right. You want yeah. a colon. That's <laughs> you know what colon, I'm saying. Colon. Yeah. You're smarter than me. So, you, you know, you understand that. Yeah. Well, um, it took me two tries. First, I agreed. <laughs> oh, you need a colon. Right. No, video yeah. in all caps. I see that a lot. I, yeah. Um, or, right? Yeah, or a blog, because if you don't have video and you just have like a subject line that's maybe about the video or watch this or something like that, like that's one thing and it, and it may work for you. But I think when you have like whatever that piece of content is and call it out and call attention to it, now it's like, oh, there's a video in here. Um, and I see that first and foremost. I'm not reading like a title. I'm not reading a subject line per se. Um, I know that when I open this, I'm going to see a video. I know when I open this, it's going to be their blog post. And, and with this nonprofit, like I like their blogs, you know, or I'm interested to see what they're talking about. And, and so I know it sets my expectation as an email subscriber of what that content is. Um, so I go in there and, and I'll open it up. Um, so I think that's one thing, too, that um, yeah. could help test it out and see if it works for you. Give us one more email. One more uh, would be that free header that we, we, we defined a couple minutes ago is testing the language with the free header. And with this, uh, the day and time would be the same. The subject line would be the same, uh, but the pre header uh, would be something different and it could be a call to action. Um, I do recommend that whatever you have in your pre header. Um, and I don't know the exact character count, um, off the top of my head, but just make sure that people can read the whole pre header, um, from, whatever device they're looking at it on. Um, some, some people may say, well, if you don't include all of it, then it adds this mystique and people will want to open it up to see what it says. And, and I, I think there's some value to that. Um, and I think maybe you can test that as well, but I think in general um, that preheader people should be able to read all of that, but testing what that is, whether it's a call to action or um, if it's a, um, a video, for example, uh, maybe you have the person's name that's in the video, uh, you know, Bob's testimony about blah, 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 versus here's an Easter message from blah, blah, blah. Okay. Okay. How about the, um, well, it's either search engine marketing or Facebook ads. I'm pretty down on Facebook, but I guess people are still doing a lot of Facebook ads. So, Oh my gosh. We'll, yeah. We'll ignore the, uh, the, the hosts, uh, predilection against Facebook. <laughs> and let's talk about Facebook ads. Yeah. Facebook ads. Let me pull up my list here. Cause I had a lot to say about that. And actually like Facebook ads is like one of those things where there's, I mean, I could probably do 50 tests with Facebook ads. There's so many different things that you can test. Um, but for the sake of like maybe time and, and quality of content that we talk about here, one thing that I do want to, put out there first and foremost is testing um, link shorteners within the ad copy. Um, so let's take a step back and talk about kind of the anatomy of a Facebook ad. Okay. Uh, and, and what I'm going to talk about is more like the, uh, the news feeds ads. So if you're on a desktop or on your smartphone and you're just scrolling and you're seeing what your friends post, and then there'll be an ad there just kind of in your newsfeed. So newsfeed ad, the anatomy of it is you'll have like um, text, which would be like your description. And then you'll have the image below that. And then you'll have a headline below that with a button that's you can make be a donate button. Um, so one of the things that I would 
have nonprofits test first and foremost is within that description, which is that first block of content above the image where you're writing that includes your ad copy is that you include a call to action with a link shortener at the end of your copy. Um, for example, um, March is such and such awareness month here at X nonprofit. You know, we really believe X, Y, and Z. You can make a difference today. Um, uh, by donating $50. I don't know. It's very general uh, text or what I'm saying. Uh, and then under that, you have like, uh, make your gift here. And then you have like a link shortener, which would be like bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y. Uh, you know, you mm-hmm. can take a URL from your donation page, go to bit.ly, and it will compress it into uh, less characters for your URL. Uh, but include that within your um, the description copy of your Facebook ad. Um, and the reason that I recommend that is, number one, I've seen it work. You get a higher conversion rate. Uh, but just thinking about the flow of a Facebook ad, like you're reading the copy. And let's talk about the flow if you don't include this piece. You're reading the copy, and then you see the image or video, and then you see a call to action. And then over to the right of that call to action is a button. So what we're doing with this essentially is bringing that call to action up quicker um, and eliminating some distractions to a degree. So I'm reading this wonderful ad copy that was written by this nonprofit. And then they're telling me what that next step is right here and there, as opposed to like, okay, I have to watch this video or take in this image and I have to read this headline and then I have to click on this button. So you're, you're making that decision-making process happen quicker um, because by the time I read your copy, I may tune out your image and the call to action and the button and I'm scrolling to the next piece of content. Mm. Um, So it just inserts that call to action a little bit earlier. So I would say test that out, see if that works. How about Um, what else? Facebook. Okay. Yep. So what else? Um, I would test uh, image overlays. So, what I mean by that is like a a text overlay. Um, It used to be where with Facebook, you could only have a certain percent of your image in a a image ad be covered with text, but now you can put text all over it if you want to. Uh, So what I would recommend is like testing the the image by itself. So let's say it's uh, animal shelter and it's just this picture of any animal could be a happy animal, sad animal or whatever. Uh, But then you have a B version of the ad Again, everything else is the same except the image. But over the image, you actually have some text overlay that's saying, you know, $50 or $10 a month can help save X animals, X amount of animals. Um, But seeing if that makes a difference. And honestly, I've seen where in some cases it has, in some cases it hasn't, you know. So uh, that this is certainly one of those things where I'm like, I usually see this happen, but I've seen mixed results with this. So I think nonprofits have to see what works for them. Okay. Leave us with one more Facebook Okay. Yep. Um, this will be one. more. Make you, make you top one of what's left. Yeah. Uh, what's left okay. is testing your audiences. So not even what the people see, but behind the scenes in Facebook, whenever you're uh, building the ads, your audiences are so important. And I would test against your audiences. And even within that, I would break them into a few different audiences. And one, I would take my email file of my donors mm-hmm. And I would upload them into Facebook and target them with ads separately from everybody else. Uh, And then I would also target by age. I would have everything be the same, except I would target different age groups because some nonprofits say 
hey, we want to target ages 18 and up because everybody, if they have money, we want them to give. But that's not always being a good steward of your ad budget. So Mm -hmm. test like 50 year old plus and then test maybe 35 to 49 and see which one of those ad groups has a higher conversion rate. Because a lot of times when I talk to nonprofits, they have no idea what the age group is of people that donate to them on Facebook. So I'm like, we can find this out. If we test enough, we'll know that this is the age group that has a higher propensity to donate. Um, so those are ways that you can test the audiences on the back end of it. You mentioned earlier that you have a hundred ways to test. Is that yeah. something you said? I think you said it was on your website. Um, it is. It's uh, you have to be a member of Fundraisers Unite uh, oh, to yeah, have okay. access to that. Yeah. Right. yeah. But, Where's but it is available. Unite? But Where's yeah, Fundraisers just, Unite at? Just throw a .com after that. So fundraisersunite.com. Um, and this is an online community. Uh, it's a subscription program for digital fundraisers. So there's a lot of templates and trainings and tip sheets uh, and resources that I offer to my audience. Thank you very much. Jeremy Hazelwood, yeah. digital fundraiser. Next week, we'll take a break from 22NTC with Don Gatewood on mentoring. If you missed any part of this week's show, I beseech you. Find it at TonyMartinetti.com. We're sponsored by Turn2 Communications, PR and content for nonprofits. Your story is their mission. Turn-2.co. And by Fourth Dimension Technologies, IT Infra in a Box, the affordable tech solution for nonprofits. Tony.ma slash 4D, just like 3D, but they go one dimension deeper. Our creative producer is Claire Meyerhoff. The show's social media is by Susan Chavez. Mark Silverman is our web guy. And this music is by Scott Stein. Thank you for that affirmation, Scotty. Be with me next week for Nonprofit Radio big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Go out and be great.